0: The way the system works is to get you upset or to get a reaction out of you. So even when you're trying to be quiet and trying to just mind your own business right, and scroll on past stuff, I I still get a rise. I'm like, oh my God, I can feel my blood pressure go up. And like, oh my God, I have to say something. I have to. I have to put the phone down and walk away because I'm like, nope, I probably don't have to say something and it probably won't help and it will probably make things worse for me in the long run. So everybody and welcome to the advice not given podcast. Each week we share unfiltered truth telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Milspo Gurus. And this is advice not given.
1: everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. Today, we are kicking off a new series that you will be hearing uh, at least once a month from now until the end of the year, and we are calling this the State of the Union. No, Kelly and I are not feeling super presidential, but we (laughs) felt like uh, we are continuing to get uh, emails and messages from several of you about current event topics um, and the elephant in the room here, guys, is the election that's coming up, and so we wanted to give ourselves a place uh, in a more organized way, maybe once a month, to kick around some of those topics. So that's what we're going to do.
0: Um, Kelly, are you feeling presidential? No, God, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and uh, y'all, don't be scared. Like we're not going to like just you know abuse our platform. Not abuse no. our platform. Mm-hmm. That's not a great way to say that. We're gonna we're gonna try to address things as fairly as possible. Uh, we're going to, we're going to veer away from like politics, quote unquote, right? Things. Like we're going to yes. try it. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of where this is coming from is I think, especially this year, a lot of us may be feeling more civically inclined than ever. Right. Like I personally, this, my feelings, mine alone, maybe, or maybe I share them. I don't know. Um, I haven't really stepped up in a, in any kind of way in the past. Like I've never really even called my Congress people or my senators, right? Like, apparently that's a thing we are supposed to do. Like that's part of your obligation as a citizen. Um, so a ton of things that I've been reading and doing and involved in up until this point over the past, uh, you know, several years really. And honestly, a lot of it has to do with teaching my kids, right? What is democracy? What is this country that we live in, um, has kind of lit a fire, I -hmm. guess. So, I just, we just want to share what we're learning and ways that we can be involved and maybe answer some questions um, that we have had and that you may have had as well. Exactly. And I think that
1: kind of comes up anyway in any election year. But I think because this year, like you mentioned, we are all I mean just hypersensitive to the daily news and how what what will today bring. You know what what <laughs> what kind of natural disaster or pandemic related uh event is is happening now. So I think you're right. We all are yep. more totally more in tune with all of that and so it's kind of that perfect storm of an election year diverging with a year that's just been it's just been a lot, you know. So we're going to start first. We had an email come in from Paige. She says, Hey, gals, love the podcast so much. I would love to hear your thoughts and advice on the impending payroll tax deferral as it will affect Mm -hmm. the pay of most military members. And by the time you are listening to this, paydays, that mid-September payday is going to have hit. So you are going to have seen, you're going to have seen this like tangibly in your paycheck. And so Mm -hmm. Just to give a quick background, in case you haven't been tracking or in case you aren't quite sure what this is, um, there was an executive order signed back in August that allows employers to defer withholding Social Security tax. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but there's been a lot of controversy on whether this is actually like a deferral and Uh, you do have to pay it back, or whether this is forgiveness and you don't have to pay it back. And how this is really affecting uh, government, federal employees, DOD, civilians, is that every month from now until the end of the year, we're seeing an overage in our checks and our paychecks. But all that overage has to be paid back in the first four months of 2021. So Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of like well, there's been a lot of angst about it from some people who feel like this should have been something that you can opt out of. And that's not Mm -hmm. been an option for federal employees, which includes military. Um, And just kind of like how you don't feel like you get a choice in the matter, but then also the ramifications of kind of like messing with people's paychecks for, for good or for bad. So what are some of your thoughts about this, Kelly? And how have you seen this play out
0: I mean, I think it's I think it's problematic for a few reasons. Um mainly because, you know, that's one thing that we know we can rely on as a steady paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least one to the family. Um I worry about financial literacy. Right. That folks uh, have or don't have, but uh, I think especially when we get to talking about financial stability in the military, there's definitely a perception in the public that oh well, the military is still working, they're fine, right? right. <laughs> I remember years ago there was a, there was this like article that came out talking about our lavish lifestyles, right? I'll never forget that. Yeah. Actually, that was probably an election year too. Come to think of it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what? You know, like lavish, please. Um, but the reality is, is a lot of families suffer from food insecurity, um, have really big, like mounting debt problems that actually can interfere with security clearances. I mean, there are so many reasons and top all of that on like ice that sweet little cake with military spouse, unemployment and underemployment. Right. So like we don't have the luxury of a double income or dual income household. And yes, we are so blessed and fortunate to still, um, to not be like worrying about that one steady single income right now when a lot of people are And the, 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 perceived intent of this deferment was to provide relief during COVID-19. Right. Um, I just like right before Christmas, you're going to give folks, especially so, and, and they're, they're bracketing it by income, right? So it's, if you make right. less than $4,000 per pay period, that's who's, and, and I get it. Like get, I think it's great in theory, but to then say, but you got to pay it back. Um, right. So then come January through uh, April, you're going to have like twice as much Social security to have to pay. A right. lot of people aren't going to prepare for that. That's the reality, should they? Yeah, absolutely. Put that money in a savings account. Say, please, it's not going to happen. It's Christmas. Well, your, it's not well, going to happen. Well, and not
1: just that, but to your point, like the the more day-to-day issue, I think is quite a lot of Americans, but particularly military families do live in a paycheck to paycheck cycle. Mm-hmm. And so when you are mm-hmm. getting, I know one um, st- story or stat that I read was talking about an E5. This equates to about $200 per month, a hundred per paycheck. It goes up from there, right? And so you get 200 extra dollars in your paycheck and you're thinking, Hey, what can I go buy with this? Or wow, what a gift, Mm kind of like the stimulus check that did not have to be paid back. And then all of a sudden, this 6.2% kickback you've gotten for the last four months. Now, you're paying 12.4% in the first four months of the year. So it's like, it's almost like this little tease of like, hey, here's some extra money. We want you to stimulate the economy. Come January, hey, now not only are we taking your normal taxes back out, all that money we gave you, we're taking that back out too. And so it's a really quick turnaround and it's a really difficult skill, I think. It shouldn't be, but in our country, so many people are financially illiterate. So it's a really difficult skill to think about Physically, where am I going to go sit, set that money aside so that I'm not caught off guard January through April? Which then my ultimate thing in this is it defeats the purpose of right, trying to stimulate right. the economy because most people, if you're wise and cautious, are going to hold on to it. They're not going to use it to stimulate the economy. So that's the conundrum.
0: So, do you remember a couple of years? Well, it might have been. It was during another election year. I don't remember if it was a presidential election year or not, but there was a government shutdown and, uh, we didn't get paid. Yes. I do. Like, remember. The military didn't get paid, but I remember being it being extremely politicized. And I feel like that's happening here too. Right. So I have to, I can't let this go without saying, and maybe we'll save a lot of this for our bonus episode that we oh, will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tack onto this. If you guys want to join us on Patreon, you can, uh, hear the rest of this thought, but, um, There's, there's talk of it maybe being forgiven, which would be amazing. And honestly, just do that. Yeah. Just do that. Like, why, why are we dangling yet again, another carrot? So like, it almost feels in a way, so you've got, you know, one side saying, Oh, but maybe in January we'll decide to defer it, which is conveniently beyond the election Mm -hmm. date. Um, But then you've got another side. Anytime, um, I actually saw this in a few of the groups that I'm in. Um, People were like, oh, look, even the command sergeant major of the Air Force is posting about this. What does it mean he's against it? He's just cautioning his, his soldiers, his airmen, right? Or her. God, I don't even know if the CSM is. Anyway, sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> assumption there. Um, anyway, so there's just there's it's unnecessary and it doesn't actually do any good. I don't think right. Um, because I worry that the money might probably not go towards things it should go to, right. especially this time of year. So, y'all, if you're listening, put that money aside. Right, yes. put it aside. Don't touch it. You cannot opt out. Unfortunately, um, I also read some really great posts from friends of mine who were looking to opt out of the um. The stimulus, right. I, I, we didn't we didn't need it. I mean, yeah, we loved it and used it, but we didn't need it. And right. it would have been great to have deferred that to someone else who could have used it, right? Right? Um, and there are tons of people that did, you know, charitable things with that money, um, and I think that's cool. But there should, I think, also be an option. I to agree. opt Out. I yeah, agree. yeah.
1: Well, just as a last aside on this particular part of our State of the Union address, we will link in the show notes to resources. Many of you have probably mm-hmm. already seen them circulating around, and many. Army and military official pages have been sharing these uh, brackets and tables and charts that show you, based on rank, based on your paycheck amount, here's how much is coming out. So we'll link that in the show notes. But I also want to give a callback to episode 42 when I got the chance to interview Lacey Langford. She gives an entire episode's worth of great tips on, um, for those of you who maybe this is a good wake up call to like get your Mm -hmm. checks and balances in order and get your finances in order. She gives a lot of really great tips.
0: So we'll link those. And Lacey's, Lacey's actually signing up or she's agreed to do free consults. Uh Um, and y'all I'm telling you, she's amazing. She's incredible. Like yes, do that. Like reach out to her. There are tons of financial counselors right now who understand that this is, and, and they're bracing for this upcoming like holiday season because yes. this is when it gets worse. Yes. Um, so reach out, get the resources you need. There is no shame in it, right? Like I, I also will be reaching out because I'm like, okay, I got some stuff I can put in order a little bit better. Um, so do that. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, We're going to use that as a segue to our
0: next topic in our
1: State of the Union address, and that is this increasing need to to be a little bit more aware of how we are using social media during an election year. Um, I can just tell you back in 2016, I think I could point back to a specific day that I noticed a huge mental shift, a huge, new burden of anxiety that I was feeling by watching people in my Facebook feed argue Mm -hmm. about the Trump-Clinton election. And I remember then I I made a conscious effort like, okay, I'm pulling back from how I use Facebook. I am pulling back Mm -hmm. from some of the things I share. I'm pulling back from how much I want to be on it. And I've done that systematically uh, over the last four years. But even now, how I'm still using it, I'm noticing a need to tighten that up even more. Um, Kelly, (laughs) jump in here.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's it's so and we've talked about this in our earlier episode, and I'll link to it, you guys, we we did a whole thing on social media and setting healthy boundaries and um, what we do. And you know, it's not right for everyone. And some people um, feel that it is their platform to use their voice and myself included. I mean, why I've been given a platform, I've been granted a space um, where I can speak. And I don't think that I, that should be like taken lightly. Like that is a responsibility of sorts. Um, but I also know that it is just not the place to change people's minds. Um, so I, it's really tough for me, like you pulled back off Facebook, but during that time I started to sort of curate a personal brand and also, um, became more prominent in some of the companies and organizations that I work with and volunteer with. So for me, it was mainly, yikes, you know, I don't want to like, these opinions are mine and not those of dot, dot, dot kind of, (laughs) right. I didn't want to have those disclaimers everywhere, but it's, but it is true. I mean, like, look at cancel culture right now. The first thing you do, if you see an inflammatory post on Facebook is like, where's that person work? Right. Okay. Or I don't want to go to that restaurant anymore or i don't want to patronize this or or Mm -hmm. you know there there are so many it's too it's too intermingled Mm -hmm. and you have to be careful so it's i you have to think of it the same way as like if you would you get up on a stage in front of like a crowd of a thousand people and say the same thing yeah um and then have somebody everybody in the crowd able to videotape you saying what you're saying and pass it out to the rest of the world and then also then implicate the organizations and companies that you're involved with. Right. Um, so for me, it's just try. It, it is so, so hard because of all the reasons, because of the way social media works, like the way the system works is to get you upset yeah. or to get a reaction out of you. So even when you're trying to be quiet and trying to just mind your own business, right. And scroll on past stuff. I, I still get a rise. I'm like, Oh my God, I can feel my blood pressure yeah, go up yeah. and like, Oh my God, I have to say something. I have to, I have to put the phone down and walk away. Cause I'm like, Nope, I probably don't have to say something and it probably won't help. And it will probably make things worse for me in the long run. And that's, what's fascinating. I I think
1: about how, if you, if each of us, those listening are thinking through like your personality style or your confrontation style, um, as it relates to this, you know, here, Kelly sharing, Mm -hmm. she gets confrontational and it's all she can do to hold back it literally breaks my heart like i see things that people oh. i see things that people i know and like otherwise might have respected or people i love and then i see both sides i'm not i'm not making this a partisan thing just the the nature of what they're sharing or the fact that it's not fact checked or the fact mm. that it's full of anger or hatred and i read it and i have a really hard time divorcing than my opinion of that person, like I feel like I'm, yeah. my opinion of these people and the way I respect or have respected them is falling like a shooting star out of the
0: sky. Well, <laughs> and so, and I think, yeah, go ahead. You're you're getting like a peek behind people's like psyches, really, mm-hmm. like truthfully. That conversation would not happen at a dinner party probably right. because most of us know like yeah, too there's much. probably more people in the room. Yeah, like that's that's not going to be received well. You're also going to take feedback from people like you know body cues and yeah. and all the things, and communication in general, there's usually noise. But in right. in social media the noise comes later. Right. The noise doesn't happen. You get to get your thought out and your thing out and then comes the feedback and you're like, "Oh crap." And right. never mind what that does to you personally who then was vulnerable and posted, yeah. but now you're exactly right. And I see, I do the same thing, Claire. I'm like, I almost don't want to see what people post. Like I actually mute people mm-hmm. because I don't want that to scar my opinion of them or scar a relationship. And they're entitled to have their points of view. Right. And I assume usually correctly that we probably don't align on everything who does, right. but like, Ah, yeah.
1: And that's not what I'm I'm not saying that I don't think people are entitled to their opinions and they're not entitled yeah. to use their Facebook page to post them. I'm all for that. I think, and this is selfish on my part, I think I am mostly using Facebook to showcase funny things my kids said, or a family, like our anniversary, (laughs) a picture of our anniversary. And that's kind of mostly what I'm wanting to see. And so when I'm seeing so many other things, I'm like, well, you're not really using Facebook the way I want, I want you to be using it, which is unfair. But what I have done, you mentioned muting. Um, A few weeks ago, I, there was a particular person that shared something that I was like, oh, geez. So if you're literally physically on your Facebook interface, you can click the three Dots to their top right corner, and you get options. You can either hide Mm -hmm. posts like that. You can snooze that person or that page. Take a break for thirty days. (laughs) Yeah, I've been saying take a break. Take a break. Take a break. Or you can actually hide from hide all their posts. You can snooze Mm -hmm. them, or you can unfollow them. And so what I have done, I I started with that one person, and I just said, you know, I'm going to unfollow this person. You're still friends with them. They don't know you've done it. And, and for me, it wasn't an act of meanness of like, I don't, it's more of a protective measure. I want to preserve my friendship with this person. And I want to still think of them in the loving, wonderful way I've always thought of them. And so I'm going to need to not see everything they post about the election yeah. in order to do yeah. that. And then here's the, the follow up to that. Once you do that, once you do that for one account, Facebook gives you the option, it's a full screen of little circles, yep. three by three, all the way down of all your friends. And you can literally just start tapping people and unfollow them. And so I counted over two hundred, over wow. two hundred of my Facebook friends that I did that for. Mm-hmm. And honestly, getting on Facebook has been a much more pleasant experience for me since I did it. Yeah,
0: I I yeah. I have a two strike rule and, and, and I try to, but ab- it's hard. God, y'all, it's so hard right now. But, um, if I scroll past something and I actually I'm trying so hard. So this is my, this is Enneagram five. The struggle with the five is that I am body repressed, right? Right. So I have been intentionally trying to cue in, uh, Mike McGart is an awesome author slash podcaster slash, yeah, you know, I just love him, but he's, he's been doing a lot of work around, um, realizing and being aware of your body. Right. So I've been following him, like understanding how emotions manifest in your body. Cause we don't have that language. We don't know how to do that. Y'all I certainly don't don't either. So (laughs) I'm like, okay, what am I scrolling past? If I see something and I feel a rise and I literally feel that as like my, um, collarbone, Mm -hmm. like my chest, like my decollete, Mm uh, gets hot. I get hot. I start to feel like my pulse in my neck, my cheeks get Um, red, my blood pressure increases. Yep. You like, there's more saliva in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, that's like a, that's a physiological response. And I'm like, "Mm, no, that's not okay. Like I shouldn't feel that on Facebook. So if I see it once, I'm like, I kind of bank it away. Like, nah, you get a pass twice. You're unfollowed. Yeah. Doesn't mean we're not friends. Doesn't mean I wouldn't non COVID era hug your neck. If I saw you at a coffee shop, Mm -hmm. right? Like it does not mean that I'll be unsavory to you at a party. When I see you, it just means like, Hey, we don't agree on that. And Facebook is not the place to have a conversation about it. So to protect my, you're right, Claire, my opinion of you and our, our, the status of our friendship when things ever go back to normal and we can speak face to face again, this is what I'm having to do. Um, now, there have been people that I have unfriended and that was me being emotional and having like a really strong emotional response. And I regretted it actually because um, someone that I unfriended during this particularly heated um, instance back in May called me out on it. I don't know how she knew I unfriended her, but she was hurt. Like I thought she was going to pick a fight with me about Mm -hmm. it. First of all, I was like, how do you know that I unfriended you? That was really strange to me, but it was just circumstance. She happened to check back in about an event that we were both signed up for and realized that we were no longer connected. And then she put two and two together. So, and apparently several people unfriended her because of a post that she posted. Mm -hmm. So So she was then taking stock. She sent me a text, a text like not a Facebook message. She had my phone number. Like we were that close. So she sends me a text. She's like, Hey, I want to talk. She sends me a voice message that I couldn't bring myself to listen to for oh, three days. Man. Cause I was so upset by it. I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. It, y'all it was, it was back during, um, the protest Memorial day. It was just really tense. Um, so she, and we, I think we talked about this. She turns out on Monday, when I had had a moment, Brene Brown talks about, like, take a moment, crawl out of your lizard brain. If you're feeling mm-hmm. like that emotional about something, you don't need to do anything. Yeah. You need to wait until you calm the F down. Mm-hmm. And then you could think about it logically because the, the logical portion of your brain just shuts down. So you can't make good decisions then. So I waited till Monday. We called each other on the phone. I was like, I'd love to just have this conversation. And it wasn't an easy conversation, but she was hurt. Mm-hmm. I thought she would be angry. She was hurt. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what I did, Kelly. I don't know what I said. Can you please just help me? Like, we don't have to be friends on Facebook. That's totally fine. But like, help me understand. And I feel like you might know what I did and be able to communicate that to me. And I did. And yeah. she did. And we, Anyway, it was fantastic. I think that's such a,
1: like a rare higher so level thing because I just think most people so it, it just it's like you get cut off on Facebook and then yeah. oh well and then most people I don't know what I did and what did I say and so I mean k- kudos to you guys for resolving the conflict but I, I think that's like whoa the exception not the rule
0: yeah it was not easy but it gave me a, a peek into like what it the whole the holistic event and element and like effect of social media mm-hmm. Can have. Um, and I'm thankful for that. It was not hard. I would not want to do it again, or it was not easy. Yeah. <laughs> I not want to do it again, Yeah, but I am grateful to her for that. And like I said, if I saw her tomorrow, we'd be, fl- we'd be cool, but we don't have the same idea of how to use social media. We don't have the same values on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So we decided like, Hey, we're not going to be social media friends mm-hmm. and that's okay.
1: You mentioned something earlier about how and you, you use the words, I have been given this platform <laughs> of Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that's been another thing that's had me really um, kind of thinking about the bigger, deeper picture of social media and how, like, have we been given this? Like, is it free? Like, is this free? Like, what what am I actually mm-hmm. paying to use this? I'm not paying in money, right? So I'm paying in relationships. I'm paying in um, conflict. I'm paying in stress in my body. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's another another thing to maybe be thinking about, especially as we're seeing these messages, too, about like, hey, things are changing on Facebook. Here are some of the things we're going to be allowing. And people get all out of sorts about that. But again, to that, I say you aren't paying any money to use it. it." So, quote, have you been given
0: this platform?
1: It's costing you something.
0: Hey friend, quick break to tell you about a few things that we have going on for the fall season. We've been talking and we want to hang out with you. We're going to introduce a new monthly hangout open to our lovely supporters on Patreon and we're calling it group therapy. Asterix. We are not therapists. It is not actual group therapy. We just thought it was a fun play. Uh, and we don't know about you guys, but we need it. So once a month, we're going to host a Skype hangout. But you can join us face-to-face. And to kick us off, we'll do an Enneagram and ask us anything. Uh, parenting, maybe. We'll talk about homeschooling. Pick Claire's brain on that. Uh, and really just whatever you guys are into and what you're thinking about. So we're also thinking of a book. Club. So if those things are interesting to you, check us out. Patreon.com slash gurus for more. Also, we have revamped the Becoming Your Own Guru e-course. If you are a new follower of the podcast, we encourage you to check that out. It is an awesome tool and resource if you are interested in learning more about the Enneagram, but mostly more about the Enneagram as it pertains to military spouse life, challenges, triumphs, all of that. So we actually combined kind of our years of experience and pumped it all through an Enneagram filter so you can learn more about your type, what your type might look like in the different stressors and environments that we find ourselves in, and how to navigate transitions effectively. So that you can find on milspogurus.com slash eCourse. So give your little plug for
1: military spouse volunteering efforts during the election.
0: So filing this away and something I did not know was a thing, and now I'm like, why is that a thing? <laughs> um, apparently, uh, military spouses who are interested in volunteering to work at the polls um, cannot do so unless they are registered to vote in the state that they want to volunteer in. And there's a few reasons for this. Um it's really not been an issue, right? So I was tapped into it this year because of a letter that was written by um, the folks over at Secure Families Initiative. It was uh, Sarah Strader and uh, a friend of mine, Libby Jameson, actually uh, was where I saw it. Uh, they wrote a letter to the um, state board of election uh, people, like the main people, <laughs> in the top five states where military families reside. So we're talking California, Florida, North Carolina, Texas, and Virginia. Um, and I'm just going to read a couple excerpts because I don't want to misquote uh, what's going on. But essentially, they're um, concerned about the deficit of volunteers at the polls because of COVID-19 right. this year. Typically, it's not a big deal, right? There's plenty of retired folks that love to do this. right? I'm like, we're honestly taking away like, something that they really enjoy doing by, like, swarming to volunteer instead of them. But this year, um, it says, let's see, Power the polls, an initiative aimed at recruiting low-risk and diverse poll workers, estimates that the United States currently needs about 250,000 mm. more poll workers nationwide. Um, the primaries earlier this year, you guys saw that, where there were people lined up for five or six hours in Georgia and Kentucky, um, were sort of it was sort of like forecasting this this crisis that we're probably sitting on and not really fully aware of right um some jurisdictions even i'm quoting again some jurisdictions turn to national guard to ensure sufficient staffing um so in right in light of this we write on behalf of 10 military service organizations representing thousands of military families to request an accommodation to allow military service members and their families to serve as poll workers so essentially we can register wherever we're residing Mm -hmm. um so they've made exceptions for us in the past. They understand that we move around. It's our lifestyle. And this is something that they could probably make an exception for. Um, so now it's just a matter of getting the word out about it. Um, also, the fact that we're because sadly, again, we're grossly underemployed and unemployed. We probably have time on our hands to go and volunteer. Uh, so so can you tell me, they, maybe
1: the other people listening, what is the perceived danger of letting a military spouse work a poll and not in his or her own state of record or state of registration what's the danger in that?
0: so I don't think it's explicitly exclusionary I think it's just an oversight and a hurdle that could be removed and should be removed okay I literally don't think that people know so just for example I brought this up to um, the folks that I'm connected with in um, the campaign that I'm volunteering with and I I brought it up to their voter protection folks and they're like oh we didn't know that was a thing. Like literally Nobody no one, knows. no one's put yeah. things together um, again until this year. And I had already planned on volunteering. I am registered in North Carolina, right. so I don't have any issues. Uh, my, a friend of mine who's listening probably wanted to volunteer and has already been told no. Right. So it is a thing. I, I can't imagine that it's not happening elsewhere, right? That folks are like, oh, we're, we're bad A volunteers. Like that's what we do right? As military spouses, military families, we understand service. We're committed to the democracy like this. And we also want to protect our elderly. (laughs) They shouldn't be at the polls doing this. We probably shouldn't either, but somebody's got to do it, right? Right. So, which side note, both of my grandparents
1: on both sides always volunteer at the polls. My grandfather that passed away, he was doing it up until the year he died. My grandmother, who's still living, has always done it. Both of their churches are usually like voting, you know, in their voting precincts. They go and they do it. So, Yeah, we do need to help protect
0: them. It's an an unnecessary hurdle that um, now, and so I've been in conversation with the folks, uh, Sarah, specifically at, at Safe Families Initiative, and I'm like, is this even like, just to help me understand what I'm pushing for, right? Because I am trying to definitely elevate this. Now, the ways in which we can elevate this, you guys, calling your state board of of elections, um, sending messages, notes, emails, calls to your elected officials, you know, I mean, all the way up the chain, right? But uh, state level is probably most effective. Uh, Anyone involved in the state legislature potentially has the power to um, make an exception for this in time for this year. What I'm mostly concerned about, personally, is the fact that uh, the more air this gets, which it should, might uh, exacerbate the perception that the only way to volunteer is by working at, at a the poll in the building, yeah. at a poll. That is not the case. Um, so I actually, uh, again, in touch with uh, one of the voter protection folks, uh, that I know there are so many other ways and I just want to list them off really quickly. If you have questions, y'all, please reach out. Please ask me. I'm happy to send this along and we'll link to all this in the show notes. But some ways in the meantime, first, let's push this letter up if we can, if, we're, if you are so inclined uh, to get some attention to it. But then the other ways that in the meantime, we can volunteer, and I'm doing several of these, uh, you can be an attorney liaison to help work, um, with the voter protection team of whatever party you're affiliated with. Uh, you don't have to be an attorney. It's just helpful. They want observers basically, uh, to make sure that everything's kosher, a poll observer, same thing. They want to make sure there's nothing untoward happening outside mm-hmm. the poll, Right. That's not a bouncer. I actually asked her. I was like, that sounds like a bouncer. I don't want to do that. She's like, no, no, no. You're just watching. You're just watching. And you call the people they tell you to call if you see anything not cool. Mm -hmm. Bullying, you know, blocking the... There's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens, y'all. You would be surprised. I was shocked. Um, Hotline voter. uh, So you could answer questions about voting. So people are calling, say, hey, I don't know how to fill out my absentee ballot. You can answer those questions with a little bit of training. You could be um, a legal boiler room volunteer, um, so that is providing legal assistance with absentee ballot cure process. The cure process is when the ballot is not readable or it's somehow filled out incorrectly. Mm. More about that on the bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> Phone banking, obviously, for whatever party you're you're supporting, um, you can be a board of elections or you can observe a board of elections meeting. Um, any either party can do that. Chase calls are calling folks that have registered for an absentee ballot but didn't send it back in. So just making sure they actually go that last step and send it in. Right. Um, And then your calling is uh, fixing the ballots as they come in.
1: I have an aside I want to actually interject here since you were kind of going through all those. And then while you were doing that, I was just looking like, oh, well, if I wanted to work the polls here where I live, I bet I can do that because I am a Tennessee resident. I'm registered to vote in Tennessee. Maybe I'll look into doing that locally. Did you know that I actually don't only need to be required or need to be registered to vote in Tennessee I have to be registered to vote in this county county mm, so that's safe. a nuance I didn't hear you mention like it's not just the state so like if you are maybe registered in the state you're living in but you're not living in the county that you're registered in that is that a problem for everybody or is this just maybe me in Tennessee
0: Yeah, it it might vary by state. I mean, that's the thing, right, is that every state has this residency requirement, but they all implement it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I have have been registered in my county for 15 years. So I just, again, I didn't know this was a thing because it didn't apply to me. That's like (laughs) everything in life, right? Right. So, yeah, so they're, they're taking, um, she did tell me it would take an executive order or legislate legislature passing a statute if they convene. So those are two, the three, four, five, six very big ifs. Um, And she did say that in North Carolina, there's a statute that says the secretary of state can apply special rules to allow military and overseas citizens to vote when typical federal and local laws wouldn't work in a state of emergency. Yeah. So technically, because we're in a state of emergency because of COVID, there could be some room for the Secretary of State yeah. to make these changes. Yeah. All that to say, it's complicated. It is. I'm glad I know about it, and I hope to push it forward if if at all possible. And we'll also still volunteer in other places. Well, capacities. that's what I was going to say. Just seeing that
1: made me think, well, I'm just going to jump back in on this list of other things that Kelly has mentioned as potential ways to help. So thank you for sharing all that. I think that's an awesome thing to... To think about as it relates to our particular military spouse community. All right, well, we're going to end with one last little talking point uh, in the State of the Union, and that is is anybody else noticing some of the physical symptoms from the long term oh. toll that the pandemic is taking on us? Kelly, why don't you, yeah, share a little bit about just kind of a synopsis of the New York Times article we have seen.
0: We're going to call this State of Our Bodies. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we're falling apart. Yeah, I came across this article and it's probably because Facebook was listening to me and they fed it to me. But um, it was basically talking about how the pandemic is causing our teeth to fall out. (laughs) Our teeth to crack. So dentists have seen a huge uptick in folks coming in that are their teeth are cracking. Um, Tension, stress, all the things. Also like delayed dental care. I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, Claire. I haven't gone. gone Yeah. Yeah, it's been like, nine months instead of six. Right. And luckily I'm good, but I did go last week because I have been having such jaw pain and I sleep with a mouth guard. I'm one of those. Um, and to keep from grinding down, I already, already had a root canal on one of my back teeth. Cause I cracked it years ago, but still like, I am definitely feeling that. And as I saw the article, I was like, I'm not crazy. Oh my God. So this is a thing y'all mm-hmm. like people are suffering. Their bodies are falling apart. Um, Hair loss is one that I've been experiencing. I don't know if that's – I actually had my thyroid check just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine, I guess. But um, stress, man, and my skin. Don't even want to talk about it. I've yeah. gained weight. I know. Yep not the only one. <laughs> well, so back yeah. to the teeth
1: thing though, like, I mean, some of it, yes, is probably decay because we're not getting in for our appointments, but I'm reading it more of like, you're clenching your jaw at night. You're like living yeah. in this like yeah. tension state. And so in addition to the clenched jaw and some of the other symptoms you've mentioned, I think we're all seeing hunched shoulders, shoulders scrunched up, carrying tension. I think our posture, like physically, you and I talked a lot about this, like our posture is suffering because mm-hmm. there for months, We were not, you know, we were slouching into couches for hours and slouching in our beds, working on watch, yeah, working from your laptop and um, eye strain. So much time reading, Mm -hmm. you know, your phone and staying connected that way and feeling like it's a pandemic. I get a free pass on screen time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mentioned my kids, even like we got them TVs and Xboxes shortly into the the stay at home orders because they had nothing to do. And so they were staying on their screens for like six to eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we didn't really care. I mean, there was not a whole lot. They were exercising. They were walking the dogs. They were doing their schoolwork, like, and they still had all that time. So I do think it's interesting that now that this has gone on, as long as it's gone on, maybe going on a lot longer, um, what are the things you are noticing in your body that are not right or not the same? I'm
0: telling you. Well, I mean, lack of sleep is another one that plays into that, right? We're all like stressing and yeah, having a hard time sleeping and just, yeah, there's there's so much. I feel like I have like a, a constant tension headache. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to somebody on another podcast who suffers from migraines and their migraine count has like tripled oh, this word. year it's just so take care of yourselves y'all. I mean, don't, don't, don't take it to heart. Like it's not you, it's COVID, but (laughs) just try to, try to be really mindful of that as will I. um, Well, to your point of taking care of yourself, this is something that if somebody wants
1: to start a petition, I'll be the first one to sign it. But you know, the thought I have had, I feel like TRICARE, which is the insurance for military, I feel like they should allow a complete open enrollment for this year. I don't think you should have to wait if you want to switch from prime to select. I don't think you should have to wait because so many of the military, if you're seeing uh, practitioners on base, they are not seeing appointments uh, unless it's like something urgent or life threatening. They're pushing oh, out. Gosh, oh my God. They're pu- Yeah, well, but they're pushing <laughs> out all the preventative med- medical yeah. appointments. And so I feel like it should be my right to say in August or July, like, hey, I, I shouldn't have to wait and switch insurances at the first of next year. I'm not happy with this. I would like to be able to switch. And I know that can be like a logistical nightmare and trying to actually put that mm-hmm. into practice, mm-hmm. but That's one of my big bright
0: ideas I've had through all the. I have. Yeah. No, no, no. And you're not the only one thinking that. These are huge conversations happening. Um, I have two things to say. One is they decided not, they didn't know the pandemic was going to happen, but they literally chose the worst year ever to do the MTF realignment, which is the military facilities, which is exactly what you're saying. They've decided like, oh, the communities can handle our family members and we're just going to focus on service members. Cool. I get it. But in reality, implementation doesn't happen. But that's not even
1: everywhere. That's not even every. Installation, right?
0: Um, no, yeah, no, no, it's everywhere. Oh, okay. It's a it's a rollout. So they're doing it kind of in phases, and I think they've halted that uh, because of COVID. Right. But um, I, yeah, no, I it took me five months to find a PCM, a primary care provider, because um, no one in town would take me. The problem is, is yes, there are plenty of physicians in this town, but they only want to take X many track care clients. Basically, TRICARE reimburses worse than Medicare. Right. So, you know, most offices will have a quota, like a threshold. We're their charity cases. We're not
1: the people they're like, yeah. yeah. And and we're taking out appointment slots that good paying customers can be. Yeah.
0: It's a business. Yep. So. So yeah, so yes, they could handle it but they won't. Um and it look, and I get it. If I were running a practice, I would only want X many too. I mean, I had a dentist tell me once that taking whatever our dental plan was at the time was a marketing expense for him because they didn't pay enough to reimburse him for the actual service. He actually took military patients as a marketing write-off in his budget because he it didn't make financial sense for him to take more and to write it off as an actual like income. So, there's that and then there's also um an issue that we should probably bring up if you're retiring anytime soon, you guys, or if you are a retiree, um, TRICARE is now having an opt in uh, window where you have to switch from prime to select and now pay a copay, a larger copay, I think, than what was being paid before. And if you do not respond, if you do nothing, you are dropped from TRICARE. Totally. So, Whoa. I'm going to find some articles. I'm a little nervous about what I just said, make sure it's factual, but I know that it's a big conversation in the retiree community in the veteran community. Yeah. Um, pay attention to any correspondence that you're getting from TRICARE right now. It is very, very, very important that you make informed decisions about yeah. what's going forward, for your healthcare. Yeah.
1: Well, and I I love that, that you all said, but I'm, I'm literally not even talking about a, a another facility taking me for my free healthcare. I'm saying, Hey, I'm raising my hand. I want to switch back to the kind where I pay my pay for my providers, but they won't let you out of that. There's, there's a window every year. Yeah. This is not pandemic related, but every year there's a window. I think it's like October to the end of the year, you have to go online and say, Hey, we want to switch what kind of insurance we have. And we've done that. We were on Select which is the one where you pay. Select. We were on that for Ryan's whole career until we got to Fort Polk, and there was not a lot to choose from locally. So we're like, we'll just use on post providers. But there was this big window, and so you add. So I've not seen my practitioner since last last February because I was due for all of that, like at the end of February, early March. All that got canceled. So now I've not seen anybody all of this year, and if I want to switch, now I'm going to be waiting, getting put back in the system for January of 21 and then having to start new appointments. So I know that's on me, but in a way right. it's not. Cause I mean, I've I'm right. also PCS in between and like policies at one pay- base were different than the other, but I, I have literally called since we've been here. And they're like, well, we're not seeing non um, you know, we're not doing preventative stuff just yet.
0: Yeah, that's, that's that's uncool. And the deal is, Claire, is that you probably have already made appointments for your kids. Like your kids have gone in and you as a mom, as all of us do, like we put ourselves last. Yeah. and we're no, They, to they actually,
1: actually haven't been seen either, but they're all kind of ages where like their shots are like pretty done for a while. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like
0: – So one other – I tried to actually did try that. Somebody had told me that there was an exception if they kick you out of your MTF, which is what happened to me. They just dropped me as a patient and didn't really tell me mm. <laughs> until I tried to make an appointment. They're like, we don't know where you should go. Um, that technically that could be a qualifying event, but it is not. Uh. Um, if we've lost you in this conversation, I apologize. If you're yes. in military and dealing with healthcare, you're probably tracking all of this and hopefully we can shed some light on yeah. it. Yeah, challenges, okay, but. well,
1: that's a good a good segue to wind down our State of the Union address. <laughs> we do want to end on a high note, and we want to give, much like a, any good president would do, give some facts and statistics. Although ours are actually <laughs> accurate and true, but we wanted uh, to just give you some by the numbers for Milspo Gurus and advice not given. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, or month or sh- month or so ago, when we came back after our Enneagram summer, we were really honest with you guys about how. We are having to look at some analytics to kind of help determine the future of our endeavor. And we are so happy to report we have now, at the airing of this episode, crossed a 10,000 download threshold for the Advice Not Given podcast. Kelly, I want you to find us a big bullhorn um, audio thing to add back in and edit back in. So we're so thrilled with that. Um, we have just watched a steady incline in our number of downloads week to week to week, and it's in such a wonderful trajectory. So thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you all for sharing another huge, huge milestone. We are now up to 12 patrons. We had a goal for the end of this year to hit 20, and we are still hoping to reach that goal. Um, and we want to just give a quick shout out to all 12 of our patrons by name, Galo, Martha. Allison, Lindsay, Krista, Paige, Julie P, Jocelyn, Casey, Julie B, Kim and Omanosi.
0: Yes, yay! And hey, thanks to Claire or um who? Paige <laughs> for today's kind of topic idea. Yes. Um, I, one other thing I want to add back in, Claire, I'm just so loving all the emails. Y'all, I can't even tell you how much, like, you. like filling my cup. So thank y'all for the emails, for the feedback, for the topic ideas. We are seriously receptive. If you think we're kidding, like literally Paige sent us this email last night and we're like, yeah, okay, let's talk about that. So <laughs> great job, you guys. Thank you so much for floating us, for supporting us, um, and for validating that what we're doing is interesting to a few people anyway. Thanks for joining us this week on advice, not given for resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M I L S P O G U R U S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing. So you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not to be given.